Gary Renard Podcast, Episode 9. Welcome to the Gary Renard Podcast, your direct connection to best-selling author Gary Renard, discussing his books, The Disappearance of the Universe, and Your Immortal Reality. I'm Gene Bogart, podcast producer and Gary's co-host. And I just have a feeling that the star of our show is probably playing a ukulele right about now. Maybe practicing a hula dance. I'm not sure, but I know he's on the line with me, and I'm sure he has visions of Hawaii dancing in his head. Gary, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you? Very, very good. And you are thinking of Hawaii, are you not? I sure am. Uh, are I'm you going not? to Hawaii for quite a while. Uh-huh. And uh, yes, and you're planning another trip. I know it's coming up. I figured we would talk about that a little bit. And uh, again, as we say in the world of podcasting, we're never sure exactly when people will hear this episode. So it's quite likely you'll either be in Hawaii already or just about to get there when people hear this. So what's the deal this time around? Well, you're not the only one that's going to be in the warm weather with that Boca Raton stuff of yours. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to both Kauai and Oahu. In fact, I'm doing a workshop on uh, Kauai, so I'll be there for a few days. And, and Kauai is a great place. I mean, I, I was there once before, and uh, it's, it's a, not only an amazing place, but it has a large spiritual community, and I really felt like I was going home. I mean, they're just wonderful people. And then after that, I'm going to Oahu, and uh, I'll be in Hawaii for more than three weeks. Whoa, that's a nice long trip. And I, Yeah, and I'll do a workshop on Oahu, too. But, you know, I'm only working like two days out of the, the 23 or so that... I'll be there, so I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to explore the place even more, and I'll go to the windward side, stay on, stay at Kailua, and uh, it's just a great place. I love it there. Well, the difficult life of a spiritual teacher. It's tough. I was, uh, you know, I was talking to Arden in person last night because they visited me again. Really? Yeah, and I told him, uh, you know, this is a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> and the response was? Uh, you know, then they uh, just kind of like, sometimes they just, move on. You know, I say a joke and they start saying something else that's totally unrelated to what I just said. And uh, So they treat you kind of like everybody else does. They just ignore you and move on. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a very common thing. <laughs> and uh, then after uh, Oahu, you know, I, I have to get back to reality. I'll be going to uh, rough places like San Francisco. Another tough city to go to. I know you hate it out there. Yeah, and then I'm going to Portland, Oregon. So, you know, it's, uh, I'll be later in the month, I'll be uh, down in San Diego, California. Mm-hmm. So these are tough venues. Rough, rough times. So I notice you're not going to, uh, you know, like Detroit and, uh, you know, cities up in the in the frozen north. I try to save the north for the uh, spring and the summer whenever possible. <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know, I, I was in uh, Massachusetts for a workshop uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was like zero degrees. It, this is at uh, Kripalu Yoga Center, and uh, the wind was howling. And you would have thought it was a freaking hurricane. Mm. You know, they were just amazing. And I thought, you know, this is January, and I'm way up north here, and, you know, let's not do this again. You know, and uh, so I'm, I think next year I'm going to make, make it so that everything I do in the winter is in a warm climate. And, uh, you know, you got spring, summer, and fall to do the rest of the world, so, you know, why not just do warm places in the winter? Have you considered uh, maybe scheduling the entire winter in, like, Hawaii and Polynesia? Well, I could, but, you know, I like to do places like uh, last year I was in Costa Rica. Uh, That's for right. That was Omega last winter. Institute. That was last winter, right, that you yeah. were there. 
Yeah, and I was thinking maybe doing that again uh, next year because I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are other places. You know, I could go to uh, the Caribbean. You know, there's uh, a church in St. John that wanted me to come. Ah. So, you know, you have to kind of like weigh your options here. And Well, you know, the Caribbean's not too far from me, so, uh, you know, we could probably coincide on one of those trips. That's right. Plus, uh, I might come back to Fort Myers there, ah. which uh, I did really well at in January. And uh, who knows, maybe we can find a place uh, near you, like Palm Beach or something. That would be nice. Then we can uh, we can go to the, uh, the Maikai and uh, celebrate. Hey, that's a great idea. I know you love that place. That's your Hawaii away from Hawaii location. That's right. Great yeah. place. You know, there's, uh, as you know, the uh, the Unity of the Keys down in Key West is a very nice uh, Unity Church down there, and I'm sure we could work something out that way. I think you'd like Key West. Yeah, I've been to Key West once. I thought it was great. So, uh, yeah, why don't we do that, too? And I think we have some good plans here. Cool, cool. We'll work on that. I'll have to get together with your scheduling people. Have your people call my people, and we'll have them do lunch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So uh, so we've got Hawaii coming up. I'm wondering what else we were uh, going to discuss. I know we have some uh, questions from listeners, and uh, people are loving this. I get like a lot of emails, not only with the questions themselves, but with people just telling me how much they're enjoying that. They say, we love the questions, even when it's... It's funny how when it's other people's questions, it's, it's a question that so many other people want to ask, and they love it when you give your answers. So a very popular portion of our program. Okay, we'll get to the uh, questions and the answers, but I just wanted to say that at some point, at some point, I'd like to do a show where we talk about our favorite spiritual movies. Oh, good idea. Yeah, I know you're a big movie fan. That would be great. I think it'd be a great topic, because uh, we've done that at the discussion group, uh, you know, the Yahoo discussion group, mm-hmm. which is approaching the uh, 4,000 member mark. Right? right, right. Yeah, I know a lot of those folks listening to the podcast, I always want to say hi to the group members. I get to talk back and forth on, you know, email and messaging with people, but rarely actually verbally, so it's nice to say, hi, group. <laughs> That's right. I'd like to say hi also to uh, Lucia mm-hmm. and Aussie, our moderators. Right. They're terrific. They do such a great job. We love the moderators. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, yes, yeah, so we'll have to do that sometime, talk about our favorite spiritual movies. We have a list of about 50 of them that we update sometimes mm-hmm. at, uh, at Yahoo. But you and I can talk about our favorites, the ones that we like the best. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I think that really, uh, you know, movies are such icons in our society, and people can really relate to them on so many levels. I guess they're little encapsulations of of life experiences. So movies are a great uh, vehicle to discuss a lot of these principles. Absolutely. Cool. And even music, maybe songs. I think movies are are better, though. I think you have a lot more. Maybe there's a few songs here and there, but I think with films, you have a lot to work with in terms of uh, expressing what we're talking about here. That's right. Cool. So let's see. So we have there... the first question. You want to go right into another question? Okay, let's do that sure. right now. We'll go into another session of questions. Questions for Gary. We have, um, actually, speaking of movies, and I think you've mentioned this on a previous podcast episode, but someone, uh, David, had sent in a question a while back, wanted to know the latest news on the movie that you did with Don Pablo Ruiz and when it was expected to be released. Now, I think it's already in release, but you want to just for a moment uh, tell folks about that? <laughs> Well, that's right. This is actually a pretty timely question because uh, the movie has just been, you know, starting to play in different cities. Uh, it's actually called Living Luminaries, and uh, originally it was going to be called The Serious Business of Happiness, but then the filmmakers decided to make a series of movies called The Serious Business of Happiness. Ah, so and originally it was to be one film, and then they expanded it to become a series of films. That's right, and so they decided to call the first one Living Luminaries. 
And I didn't know that I was a living luminary, but apparently I am. And uh, I'm one of the uh, the people in this movie. And yeah, you mentioned uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, who wrote The Four Agreements. Okay. Uh, is in the movie. And uh, Eckhart Tolle, who uh, wrote The Power of Now. And uh, there's a lot of great people, a lot of great teachers in the movie, and mm-hmm. I happen to be one of them. And, uh, You're one of the great teachers who is, in fact, a living luminary. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's <laughs> like, you know, I've been, I've been trying to tell other people that. Nobody's listening, but maybe, you know. <laughs> We're going to uh, do it. We'll do another do movie ourselves called Modest Metaphysical Teachers, and uh, you'll be in that as well. That's right. That's I had right. the name wrong, so it's Don Miguel Ruiz. That's right. Okay. Yeah. But his friends and, call uh, him Pablo. No, I'm kidding. I'm yeah, in fact, I met him uh, when we were doing the movie. He's a wonderful guy. Ah. Came up to me, gave me a great big hug. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's really into Toltec wisdom. That's mainly what he teaches. Uh-huh. And, it, you know, it's funny, too, because uh, I met Eckhart Tolle in uh, Vancouver, and it had nothing to do with the movie at all. It was by, supposedly by accident. Of course, we know there's no such thing as an accident. No, that's for sure. And I went into uh, Vancouver to do a workshop. And I uh, went in there, I did the first half of the workshop. We went out to lunch. Me and a guy named Dennis went out to lunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were out there for lunch, and all of a sudden we were, we're leaving the restaurant, and he says, hey, hey, Eckhart Tolle's in the back there. I know him. You want to meet him? And so uh, you know, he went back and he introduced me, and we talked for a while. And then uh, about a year after that, here we are in this movie together, which I thought was pretty interesting. That's wild. There are definitely no coincidences, that's for sure. No, not at all. And uh, the movie is uh, getting really good reviews. It's played in uh, Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. and Hawaii, and uh, just played at uh, Unity on the Bay uh, in Miami Beach there. Oh, right. And uh, it's starting to spread to other cities. And if people go to my website, www.garyrenard.com, then right on the homepage, they'll see a link where they can see the uh, movie trailer and the preview. And... Uh, you know, a lot of information about the movie, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's going to do really well, both in theaters uh, and on DVD. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. It's great that you're in a film, you know, up until we release our, our film version of The Real Man's Guide to Spirituality. That's right. That's right, and I'm going to, uh, you know, keep expanding on our teachings uh, during the Super Bowl. Ah, yes, that's right. Because uh, I'm going to be watching the Super Bowl, even though my Patriots uh, I lost just, at the last minute. I was going to say, I think you had a recent forgiveness lesson. Yeah, that was pretty bad because we had it won, and you know, then you know, it gets taken away from you at the last minute, which is of course a metaphor for life. Mm-hmm. And you uh, know, it was a big forgiveness lesson. But uh, you know, during the Super Bowl, uh, I'm going to do man things. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to drink beer and I'm going to yell and scream. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to eat man food. Scratch body parts. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to eat man food like steak. Ooh. You know, things like that, just to show that uh, you know, men's spirituality is alive and well. You're not going to go for a vegan Super Bowl in your case? No. No, I had enough of that at Kripalu. Ah, okay. Well, it's that's, good that's for the only thing about, uh That's the only thing about places like Kripalu and Omega and the crossings. They get all this uh, chick food. <laughs> but it brings the chick audience. Well, that's true. That's true. But I want steak. Which you like. Pardon? Which you like, the chick audience. Oh, that, yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, actually... That brings up a good point about disappearance. Now, when I first started doing uh, the workshops, I think it was about 85% women who came to the workshop. Right. Uh, and generally, uh, you know, women over 50 or so, a lot of them. And in the last uh, three and a half years or so, 
the dynamics of the audience has really changed. I mean, we still get uh, the women, but now we get a lot more men. I think that it's actually gone up to, you know, and it varies, of course, but many times they're actually seeing 50% men. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, I, I think we talked about this in a, in a previous show a while back, but that is very interesting, and I think there's a, an overall trend there where I think, a lot. you know, we kid about uh, the real man's spiritual thing, but I don't think we're really kidding all the way about that. There are uh, a lot of guys now who realize that, that this is not a, a female or a male thing. It's just, it's a human thing. We're all in the same boat. We just have different yeah, ways of that, looking. Uh, the disappearance of the universe is making a difference there because it really does speak to both men and women right and uh, also getting a lot of younger people too so mm-hmm. you uh, know it's pretty exciting to see quite honestly that's probably why your two teachers were appearing to you as a male and as a female yeah and i think that's why they spoke english also i think that they <laughs> yeah. they put things so clearly and so bluntly that they're speaking to everybody and uh as the book goes on you know and it's being translated and spreading around the world i'm finding out that uh that's actually you know, being the case with even more people, it's actually spreading uh, to more people, different types of people, and it seems to be speaking very clearly to everybody, uh, whether it's in Spanish or or uh, any other language. It just seems to still be coming out nice and blunt and clear. Mm-hmm. Well, that was sort of a question from David that we answered. It turned into a long answer, but an interesting one. So uh, yeah, it certainly uh, answered the, the movie question. So let's go down to our, our second question here. This comes from Patty in Telluride, who may be skiing as we speak. I wonder if people listen to these podcasts on skis. They probably do. Anyway, Patty says, uh, I noticed that you said, Gary, that uh, you talk a lot about what other people or who other people are in our lives. Are they real or are they only our imagination? Interesting question, kind of a general one about that, the nature of other people as we perceive them. Are they real or just our imagination? That's from Patty and Telluride. Well, you know, that's an interesting question. Uh, They're not real, but then that's because nothing uh, in the universe of time and space is real. What it is is a projection. Now, I don't think that the word imagination or, you know, the fact that you're imagining it, I don't think that really fits. Uh, I think that what you have to do is think of what you're seeing as a projection and it's coming from you. It's not something that's being done to you. It's, it's something that is being done by you. And if you think about it that way, if you really look at the things around you and imagine it as coming from you as a projection, then it changes everything. Because if what you're seeing is a projection that is coming from you, then forgiveness, as it's taught in A Course in Miracles and the Disappearance of the Universe and your immortal reality, that kind of forgiveness is justified if the world is being done by you. Uh, Great masters like Buddha and Jesus understood that they weren't victims and that they were doing the whole deal. So when you kind of like reverse the way that the world thinks, and that's the thought reversal that A Course in Miracles is talking about. When you look at things like, you know, you look at um, a chair and you realize that that chair is being projected by your mind, uh, and then, you know, somebody comes in the door and... uh, it's like A Course in Miracles says, it says you can't see that you are making them act out for you. Well, imagine that you're making them act out for you, that it's actually a movie that you made and directed and, and wrote, and then you forgot about it. It was kind of like denied, and so you forgot about it. Uh, a psychologist will tell you that projection always follows denial. So the fact that you forget that you made it doesn't really mean anything. In fact, it's mandatory to have the projection in the first place because... The projection is following a denial, because when you deny something, it has to go somewhere. Mm. So you deny it, then it's projected outward, 
And because it's been denied, you forget that you're the one that's doing the projection. So that's how the dynamic works. You deny it, it's projected outward. And then, as A Course in Miracles teaches, projection makes perception. And what that means is that you have actually made that which you are looking at. So whatever you think you're seeing with the body's eyes, it may look that way, but you're not actually seeing it with the body's eyes. You're actually seeing it with the mind. Mm -hmm. And even your own body is being viewed by the mind because your body is just a part of the same projection as the rest of the projection and all these other bodies that you're looking at. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you start to think about it that way, it changes everything because now you realize that what you're seeing, you know, you've made, and because you made it, forgiveness is justified because how can you be a victim? You know, how can you uh, be someone that this world is, is doing things to you once you start to experience that you're the one who made it up, that you're the mm-hmm. one who is doing it? Under that kind of a, a thought system, uh, and this is what A Course in Miracles means when it says the thinking of the world must be reversed. You know, it's reversed in the sense that you realize that, you know, what you thought was being done to you is actually being done by you, which is why the Course says the secret of salvation is but this, that you are doing this to yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that kind of a, a thought reversal, now you can move into real forgiveness, which recognizes that you're forgiving people not because they've really done something, but because you did them. You made them up. You wanted them to be there for reasons that, uh, you know, is a lengthy discussion, but it is certainly covered uh, in the books and in my workshops. And, uh, you know, you wanted them to be there. And under that kind of a system, forgiveness is justified. In fact, it's totally justified. And as A Course in Miracles teaches, anger is never justified because, Mm. you know, you're the one who did it and not them. And that's the whole thing in a nutshell. It's something that's occurred to me, too, when you were saying that, and and I never thought of this before, when we talk about everything we think we see outside of ourselves, that it's not the body's eyes that are perceiving it. It's something that we have put out there. But we've also put out there the body's eyes. Because we created our own body as 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 much a projection as anything that the body seems to be perceiving. That's right, and uh, it's not that the body actually exists. In fact, the course specifically teaches that the body does not really exist. Right. So it looks like we're seeing through the body's eyes, but that's an optical illusion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when you hold your hand up in front of your face; it looks like you have a body, and that that body is real, and that you're looking at it. But it's not really there. It's mm-hmm. just a projection. You go into uh, you know, the room, you look in a mirror, it looks like that body is really there, but it's really just a part of the same projection as everything else. And, and the eyes that are doing the supposed seeing, they are something you've projected, as is the brain that's processing the image, so it's all your projection. That's right, and that's part of the mind-blower, because it really is. You know, people uh, are so used to thinking that the, that the brain is thinking and that other bodies made the body, and they don't realize that it's the mind that projected the brain and, and made the, you know, the brain appear to be there and made all these other bodies that appeared to make you. Uh, it's the mind that projected all those things, and none of it's true. And uh, at no time has the body or the universe of time and space ever really existed. And the forgetting part, it's not that the forgetting is just part of this equation. Forgetting is essential to the equation, because if you didn't forget that you actually did it, you wouldn't believe it. That's true, and once you start to remember that you made it, then you can start to look at it differently, and when you start to look at it differently, that in turn starts to change your experience. You start to switch from the idea of being a body 
to the idea of using the mind, using that very mind that made the universe of time and space to change your mind and switch back to your true identity, which is one of perfect spirit. But, of course, the fastest way to do that, which we'll get into uh, again sometime, is to change the way that you look at other people. Once you begin to look at people differently in the manner that we just described, then you can start to look beyond the veil, beyond the illusion to what they really are, which you forgot, which is that they are perfect spirit. And then as you start to see them that way, you start to see yourself that way. As the Course says, as you see him, you will see yourself. And so we continue on with a couple more questions for Gary. This one comes from Elijah. And he says, Dear Gary Renard, I am a receiver and have been for all of my life. I give some spiritual workshops. I've been deeply transformed by your work and by A Course in Miracles. My angels have told me that in spite of the fact that I am a receiver, I cannot see them as physical beings the way that you do, because unlike you, I have not done enough spiritual forgiveness to allow them into my illusionary, which is illusionary life, and that therefore it would not be optimal for them to appear in my room as physical beings, for it would only reaffirm the false belief in my mind that, that I am a body. It sounds as if I'm receiving correctly, but what do you think? That's from Elijah. Well, first of all, Elijah, there's nothing wrong with the idea of doing more forgiveness. I mean, that's something that we can all do, and uh, only good can come from it. So I totally support that idea. Uh, I think that what happens is uh, the Holy Spirit you know, is talking to you through these angels, and uh, the Holy Spirit, as we said, talks to everybody in the way that is best for them. You know, uh, I have a friend, Doreen Virtue, who uh, teaches a lot about angels, but the way I view it is that it's the Holy Spirit showing up as an angel because that's what works the best for some people. For some people, the Holy Spirit will show up as a voice, could show up as the Virgin Mary, could show up in your dreams, and uh, that's fine. And the important thing is to keep forgiving, and the more you forgive, just like they said, eventually uh, maybe they'll show up for you physically, maybe they won't. But either way, by then you should be getting the idea that even if they do show up, it's not them. It's not their reality. Uh, a good way to look at that is the way that the Course talks about the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is what A Course Miracle says about the Holy Spirit. It says, His is the voice for God and is therefore taken form. This form is not his reality. What that means is that the reality of the Holy Spirit, and also the reality of your angels, the reality of Arden and Persa, the reality of Jesus or Buddha, is that they are love. You know, they are perfect love. That is their reality. That never changes. And then what happens is, is that uh, that love shows up in the dream as an image or a sound, something that we can accept and understand. Why does it have to do that? Because that's the only way that we could possibly understand it. You know, uh, if the Holy Spirit didn't show up as a, as a voice or as an image, then we wouldn't be able to hear it, we wouldn't be able to see it, we wouldn't be able to get it. And so that's why that love literally has to take on a form and teach us the way out, which is forgiveness. Now, the Course also says that forgiveness, too, is an illusion. But unlike other illusions, it leads away from error instead of towards it. So what this illusion of forgiveness is doing is actually leading you out of illusions to the truth. The Course teaches that the Holy Spirit sees our illusions, but without believing in them. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like you're you know, seeing these uh, images and hearing these words in order to lead you out of something that doesn't exist. It's almost like 
uh, an illusion is leading you out of the illusion, and then finally, when you get home, you don't need the illusion anymore. It was only a tool that was used to help get you there. Right. And you mentioned in your answer there, Gary, uh, Doreen Virtue, who, uh, as you know, is is our friend, uh, Doreen, and you and I all had the pleasure of working together when we did the Disappearance of the Universe audio CD recordings. And Doreen, of course, portrayed the voice of Persa, and I had the pleasure of portraying the voice of Artan. And uh, you portrayed, I think it was the voice of Gary. Do I have that right? That's right. Uh, I auditioned a lot of people, but I chose me. Oh, okay, good, good. Well, I'm glad. I think you chose wisely with that there. And, uh, you know, in our podcasts here, it's interesting. They have a ranking at iTunes in the spirituality category, and we've been doing very well. The Gary Renard podcast has been consistently in the high numbers of the rankings in the top 100. Right. And just recently, uh, uh, Doreen's podcast called Angel Therapy Podcast and the Gary Renard podcast have been kind of neck and neck. I think uh, one day we were ahead of her by a couple of points. I believe yesterday she was number 12. We were number 14. So it's, it's really cool to be that, that closely associated on the charts there. So That's right. Now, uh, when we were you know, doing the uh, audio CD disappearance, a lot of people questioned why I was auditioning women to, choose to play me. Uh, auditioning women to play you? Yeah. And why was that? Well, I just thought that it was worth experimenting to see if it would work, that's all. <laughs> well, it didn't work out that way, though, did it? No, I chose me, but uh, I, think, I think it was worth exploring. Did you explore the casting sessions uh, very enjoyably? Yeah, yeah and, I, and I think it was wise for us to uh, do the audio CD in California. I really do. You think so? Well, we'll see if next time we can... Uh, you know, I know that Wayne Dyer records in Maui. Maybe Wayne will uh, <laughs> tell us his favorite recording studio, and we'll all meet out there. Yeah, in fact, uh, us Hay House authors, we call Hay House Wayne's World. Is that what we call <laughs> Yeah. How does, how does Louise feel about that? Uh, I think that uh, Louise uh, is uh, very supportive of all of us. That's good. She better be. She has to yeah. be. <laughs> With a wacky bunch of authors like this. It's just crazy at Hay House. I'm telling you, folks, it's nuts there. Oh, no. It's the wacky world of Hay House. Now we'll hear it. I'm going to get a nasty email from Summer on this one. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. No, we're Fine just kidding. We all, we all love Hay House. In fact, we promote this, uh, this audio uh, podcast on Hay House Radio and, and, uh, and also Hay House Radio uh, at, eventually will probably be promoted right during this podcast. Right. We'll have cross-promotion things going on. So that'll be really cool because you are a best-selling Hay House author. That's right. Yeah. I'm a twice-best-selling Hay House author. Twice, twice removed from reality. That's right. That's because it's words. Words are your tools. Well, we've drifted far from our questions, but, uh, you know, and I know folks out there say, get to another question, darn it. Well, they probably didn't say darn it, but we're sort of on the air here. Let's go to one more while we're here. I think in this show we have time for yet another question, and this one comes from Mimi. And it's uh, kind of a multiple choice question here, so I'll read it off to you, Gary. From Mimi, would you clarify the difference between judging, discernment, and choices? And she gives three examples. Number one, I am asked out on a date and I choose not to accept. I'm appreciative of the man's invitation, but experience no commonality that would lead me to spend the day with him. Episode number two, I am offered a ride home from a party by two by two different people, both of whom are good friends. One of them has been drinking heavily. I choose to accept the ride from the other person. Question three, both sides of my family invite me for Christmas, and I choose to be with the group that is always joyous for me to be with. In all cases, I made a choice based on a judgment that I made at the moment. In none of the instances did I find the people bad or wrong or better or anything like that, 
but I did make a judgment. Do I forgive in each of these cases them and then myself? Or is the judgment you were speaking about condemnation, making something or someone wrong, bad or less than perfect in my eyes? I'm getting hung up here because I'm not an angry person who makes huge judgments in a reactionary way. But nonetheless, I am judging. And because it may be a subtle judgment, I may be less aware of where I need to practice forgiveness. Each moment of life is full of choices and judgments. I'm aware of when I condemn. I get that is where I need to work. But these other places are confusing. I would love some dialogue from you addressing this other level. With appreciation for the work that you are about, that's from Mimi. Well, that's an excellent question, Mimi. And uh, it's uh, a very important answer also because... When it comes to judgment, you know, when, ta- when the Course talks about giving up your judgment, it's not talking about giving up the kind of judgment you use when you cross the street. You know, it's not talking about giving up the kind of judgment that you use uh, to decide what pair of shoes to put on in the morning. You know, if you don't use judgment when you cross the street, you're not going to be around long enough to learn your forgiveness lessons. So what the Course is talking about, you know, and there's a, there's a great line in the Course in Miracles, uh, you know, it says, love did not make the body, but love does not condemn it. And that's what A Course in Miracles is talking about. It's talking about giving up your condemnation of other people. That's the kind of judgment that the Course is trying to get you to give up. So when it comes to everyday decisions that appear to be made in the illusion of the world, what you do is purely, purely and simply use common sense. You know, the Course has nothing against common sense, and that's also what Arden Persis said uh, in the first book, Disappearance. You know, just use common sense, live a normal life, you know, make the kind of logical decisions that you uh, were just talking about making in your question. What the Course wants you to give up is the condemnation, which, and that's why the Course emphasizes that anger is never justified. When Jesus is talking about the crucifixion, he says, you aren't, are not asked to be crucified. You are simply asked to follow my example in the face of much less extreme temptations to misperceive and not to accept them as false justifications for anger. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's what the Course is trying to get us to do. You know, understand that anger is never justified. Why? Because you're the one who did it, right? You're the one that made up the universe of time and space that you're seeing. It's not being done to you. You're not a victim of the world that you see. That's why anger is never justified. That's why forgiveness is justified. Not because people have really done something, but because they haven't really done anything. And... uh that's why, you know, you want to give up the anger and the reactionary ways and uh, the upsets and the lack of peace that comes as a result of thinking that it's real. That's what the Course is trying to uh, get us to give up, not everyday common sense. So that's an excellent question, and thanks for asking it. The Gary Renard Podcast is produced by Enlighten Up Creations and presented by Forgiveness.tv. Verbal content of this program is copyright 2007, Gary Renard and Gene Bogart. For further information on Gary's best-selling books, The Disappearance of the Universe and Your Immortal Reality, please go to his website, www.garyrenard.com. This is Gene Bogart saying thanks for listening, and remember that no matter what the question, forgiveness is always the answer. We hope you'll join us again next time, here on the Gary Renard Podcast. <laughs>